Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Well, I have a confession to make. And I'm looking here at the live audience, and I know many of you, so you're friends, right? But I'm speaking to all of us, those of us who are watching online too. Over the past five months, at times, I have felt dead. Now, not from COVID symptoms, (laughs) but I have felt spiritually dead. I haven't necessarily wanted to read my Bible or or pray, or even engage that much with online stuff. And I learned recently through the Pew Research Report that I'm not alone, actually, that this has been a tough time for a lot of people spiritually. They, too, have felt dead. They've stopped reading their Bible, stopped watching things online, stopped praying. It's just, like, dramatically decreased. And simultaneously, what has increased is the amount of time we're watching TV. And I have to admit, I've watched more TV in the last five months probably than the last five years. (laughs) And I could feel that little Holy Spirit nudge about that. But yeah, anyway, I was reviewing some series. I mean, does anybody else find it really difficult to find good series? <laughs> you know, half an hour watch one episode, and we're like, oh, no, we're not going to waste our time here. Anyway, but I ran across a series called The Chosen, and uh, this is actually a Christian series. It's the first ever made-for-TV series that's going to be multi-seasons, and uh, they have eight episodes, and it's made... Uh, produced outside of Hollywood, but it got my attention. It was all about Jesus and the different people that he interacted with in his ministry. Now, I have to admit I was skeptical because this is another bias. I've watched a lot of Christian movies and, and shows, and for the most part, a lot of them are just really not good. <laughs> okay, like they're like, they're like religious you know, they're formulaic, uh, they're not real. <laughs> uh, but talk to Hap, we decided to give this a chance. So, okay, the cool thing is you actually download an app, The Chosen, and then you cast it to your TV. So this, we did this. First night we're watching and I fall asleep. Now, what you have to understand is that's not unusual for me. Like, I, I fall asleep all the time in front of the TV. Hap nudges me. But I decided to give it another chance. And so we did. And lo and behold, I found myself captivated. I I was like, wait a minute. You know, the actors actually look Middle Eastern. You know, they don't have blonde hair and blue eyes. The, The setting was very authentic and it was real. But more important than that, When I watched Jesus and his interactions, you know, with uh, Mary Magdalene, you know, demonized with seven demons, or, or Peter, so rebellious, so sinful, so 
out of it, and yet I saw how much Jesus loved. He loved the outcast. He welcomed the sinner. He, he cast demons out. He healed the sick. And I'm like, oh my goodness, of course. But the best part, I picked up my Bible again. Not that I'd actually ever put it down, but I decided to reread the Gospels that tell the story of Jesus. And the Bible came alive to me again. It came alive. It was alive. It was, it was active. It, 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 it was speaking to me again. And, uh, you know, the Bible, it can seem dead. I'm just being honest, okay? It can seem dead. You can feel and act spiritually dead. But when the Bible comes alive and active, we come alive and active, right? Active in our faith, active in our love for Jesus and, and our love for other people. Jesus is more alive and active in and through us. And it was so refreshing to, to experience this and to watch it take root in my life again in a fresh way. You know, the Jesus I've loved for over 40 years, and yet I was loving him afresh. And Happy and I went to visit a very close relative in another city. And we're not on the same page at all with our faith, but she shared that she's facing a very serious uh, Parkinson's diagnosis. It's going to be confirmed or not at Mayo's, but she's having all kinds of symptoms. And I wouldn't have ordinarily said this, but I felt the compassion of Jesus rise in me, and I said, well, can we pray for you right now? And she was more than pleased to allow us to lay hands and ask the Holy Spirit to come. And, of course, I've done that met thousands of times in my life. My point is I felt the Word of God had become alive and active again in me and compelling me uh, to obey Jesus. Well, in our series, we've called this Essential, What Matters Most. And what we're looking at is, in the past, what has the vineyard as a large international movement, and then just as a local family, what have we considered to be most essential? Like, what do we value the most in our faith? And we're asking, in light of all the craziness in the culture right now, and just how everything is turned upside down, we're saying, what's essential now? What matters most now? And, uh, you know, last week, Clay said, well, the church matters. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this week, I want to, to say, this hasn't changed for over 40 years. What matters most and what matters most now is none other than the Bible. The Bible. And we believe that the Bible is alive and it's active. And so that's the message I want to share with you today. The Bible, alive and active. Just turn to your neighbor right now and say, alive and active. Awesome. I'm going to welcome the Holy Spirit to make it real, right? Make it alive and active to us tonight. Come, Holy Spirit. You are the amazing teacher, and we need you to make the Word alive and active, to stir us to love you more to love one another, to live for you. So come. 
In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm asking, as we begin, why does the Bible matter now? Okay, why does it matter now? And I'm, I'm a real uh, church history buff, and I'm here to tell you the battle for the Bible has been going on for a long time, and it's real, okay? <laughs> and it's bloody. But it's been going on for a long time, and that hasn't changed now. Recently, I read of an incident in Portland, Oregon, where, you know, there's been a lot of rioting, and the rioters tossed an American flag on the city square, and then they dumped a load of books, and then they ignited it with a torch, and it burst into a huge bonfire. And it's like, whoa, like, what are they burning? Are they burning history books or science or <laughs> pornography? No, they were burning Bibles. Wow, that got my attention. And it just made it so clear again to me that the Bible to so many people today is just trash, you know, worthy of being thrown on a bonfire. But to others, and this includes Christians, the Bible's boring. It is dead. It seems irrelevant. I've been in some conversations recently with people where they said, I don't even know if the Bible's true anymore. I, I don't know. We live in a very, very relativistic time, right? Haven't you heard people say, well, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. It's like, okay, this was another conversation I had with somebody. I said, so you just get to decide what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's evil. Like, I don't want that responsibility, I want to know that there's somebody much wiser than I telling me what's good and what's evil and what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> no. There's so much fake news nowadays, isn't there? Like, and the fake news is one thing, but what's more dangerous, in my opinion, are the false narratives. Like, what is, what is the good life? What does it really mean to be human? You know, what is okay? The false narratives. And... I just want to remind all of us again, as I remind myself, we believe we have a real enemy. His name is Satan, but he's more famously known by this, the father of lies. And he is working overtime <laughs> to, to whisper those lies that twist the truth. And one way you could know you are embracing lies you have anxiety, you have fear, you have depression, you have confusion, because that's not God. So, I'm thankful. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm thankful he said, I give you the Holy Spirit of truth who leads and guides you into all truth. I can't read the Bible without the Holy Spirit. I've tried before. I tried for five years in my Christian life, and it was only after being baptized in the Holy Spirit when scales fell off my eyes, I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, he reveals the deep things of God. But I thought this was ironic, again, as a student of church history, about the battle for the Bible. I was reminded of one of my favorite persons in church history. His name is William Tyndale, and he lived in about the 1500s, so over 500 years ago. 
and he lived in England, and he was a brilliant man. He actually spoke and wrote eight different languages. <laughs> he taught at uh, Cambridge University, very prestigious university. But this is a cool thing. He had a passion for everyone to be able to read the Bible in English. And that was just an impossibility because the only Bibles available were in Latin and the only people who could read it were the priests. And it was totally illegal in England to translate the Bible into English. So there's a long story it ensued with all kinds of uh, persecution and pushback and he finally escaped to Germany where he was able to translate the New Testament into English get it printed, because the printing press had been invented, and smuggle the Bibles back into England, upon which they were immediately confiscated. He was eventually imprisoned, and he lived in a dungeon for 18 months. Now, I just want you to think about this for a moment. As a matter of fact, just take out your Bible or your device, if you have it with you, and, uh, you know, All of us probably have at least two, maybe three, maybe four Bibles in our possession. And if we don't have that, we have it on our phone or our iPad or our computer. I mean, we can't comprehend what it's like to not have access to a Bible. As a matter of fact, yeah, many of our Bibles gather dust. But just hold on as I finish this story and just... Imagine with me for a moment what it took for you to actually hold the Bible and read the Bible that you have. William Tyndale was in that dungeon for 18 months. He was brought to trial, condemned as a heretic, given a chance to recant. Recant what? That what he translated wasn't true. That salvation is through the blood of Jesus alone. And he refused to recant. And so they took him to the town square, tied him to a stake, bound him with a chain, put a noose around his neck and said, you can pray one final prayer. And he said, oh Lord, open the eyes of the king of England. And then the torch was lit. And at age 42, William Tyndale died a martyr on behalf of the English translation of the Bible. And I thought, how ironic, how ironic that just two weeks ago in Portland, Oregon, the very Bible that a man was burned at the stake for was being burned in a town square. And I'm like, oh God, we're not burning Bibles, none of you here. But do we actually have a burning passion for the Bible? to read the Bible, more importantly, to live the Bible? Is it alive and active to us? Just a P.S. to that, William Tyndale's prayer was answered three short years later when the King Henry VIII of England ordered every parish in England to make sure people had the very Bible that he had translated. And, of course, the rest is history. So good. So the Bible matters, right? <laughs> and as a vineyard, we believe the Bible matters. 
We, we totally believe that. We believe it's true. We believe it's alive. It's active. It's supernatural. We believe the Bible is inspired by God. It's breathed out by God, written down by human beings. And so I want to look at two major reasons the Bible matters that I've just alluded to. One, we believe the Bible is active. And what do I mean by that? We believe that the Bible matters and is active because it is an actual authority for our life and faith. We actually believe there is an author behind this word, his name is God, and that he actually knows what is best for our life. And that's the authority. It's active in our life. It tells us how to live. Now let's go ahead and open your Bible or your device and we're going to look at what the Bible actually says about itself. And this is found in 2 Timothy and that was a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to his disciple, Timothy. And he has this to say, if you have found it, and if so, let's read it out loud. We're going to read in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, Okay. Here we go. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Wow. The Bible is inspired by God. It teaches us. It corrects us. It equips us. It tells us what is the good life, what is right, what is wrong. It corrects us and it equips us to live a full and abundant life. Wow, it's the living word and it's active. It, it is like so powerful in our lives. Uh, one of the uh, favorite stories in the vineyard is the story of uh, John Wimber, who he's gone now, he's... Uh, with Jesus in person, but he led the vineyard for many years. And before he met Jesus, he was a, like a wild and crazy rock and roll musician. And he lived a very decadent lifestyle. But he meets Jesus and he begins to, you know, gather with the church. And it isn't too long where he's just totally frustrated because he says, okay, wait a minute, I, I don't get this. You know, we preach the Bible we read the Bible, we study the Bible, we pray about the Bible, we sing about the Bible. When do we ever do it? <laughs> and uh, he famously said, when do we get to do the stuff? He said, you know, when um, I lived for the devil, he let me do his stuff. You know, he had no problem letting me live that lifestyle. He said, but when do we get to do the stuff that Jesus talks about? When do we get to heal the sick and cast out demons? When do we get to feed the poor and welcome the sinner? When do we get to do the stuff? And so um, he liked to say, you know, the Bible is just a menu. It just tells you what's available. You don't eat it, right? He says the meat is in the street. In other words, you will be fed as you go and you actually live what the Bible says, okay? You actually do what it says. You're active. Okay, so we believe the Bible is active, okay? Secondly, we believe the Bible is alive. And what do I mean by that? Well, the Bible matters because it is actually dynamic. It's not just doctrines. 
It's not just creeds. We actually meet Jesus Christ here. And this Bible is alive with his presence. It's alive. You can encounter him as you read what he wrote, what he said, what he did. That's what's so, so powerful. It's, it's not just, again, a dead document. It is alive. It's not just doctrine. It's alive with God's presence. And um, as I said, it's very important that you receive the Holy Spirit to make that real to you because the Holy Spirit loves to reveal Jesus to us. That's what he loves to do as you read the Bible. You go, oh my goodness, and you find yourself loving Jesus more. Um, another story, one of, uh, I'm going to tell you a story about a man named Brian, and Brian was a drug addict. He was a druggie, and of course he had no interest in the Bible, and then he meets Jesus. I just love this. <laughs> Jesus is such a transformer, isn't he? <laughs> he meets Jesus, and the person who disciples Brian says, hey, you know what? The most important thing you need to do is memorize the Bible. So Brian's like, oh, well, okay. He, he actually believed him. And so in three months' time, he memorizes over one half of the New Testament. Like, whew. That's like one smart dude, right? But he said, I just packed my soul with God's word. I just packed my soul. Well, then he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, <laughs> and then things really changed. And this Brian is none other than Brian Simmons, the man who's gone on to translate the Passion Bible. And if you haven't read the Passion Bible and the footnotes to the Passion Bible, absolutely, that's where you're going to go on your Bible at later today or tomorrow because you will experience that alive and active Word of God. And uh, I love that. And, and Brian says, you know, I'm still learning. He said, the worst thing you can approach the Bible with is pride. He said, the more I know, the humbler I get because I see how much revelation. You know, God wants to speak his secrets to us. He wants to reveal answers. We need answers right now, particularly with COVID, right? Well, the Bible has them. So the Bible matters because it's alive, it's active, it's, it's powerful. Well, I think, again, it's interesting. The Bible itself describes itself in, with those very words. I was preparing this, and, and I kept hearing alive, active, alive, active, and then I went, wait a minute, that's Hebrews 4. And you turn over to Hebrews 4 now, or swipe over to Hebrews 4. We're going to go just to verse 12, and let's read this together out loud. I love to hear your voices. It brings faith as we hear the word uh, read out loud, and uh, this is just a small section in a, a chapter in Hebrews where the writer is saying, these people, they actually didn't believe what God spoke. They didn't believe his word. And unfortunately, they ended up all dying in the wilderness. And so his exhortation to us are these very words here from Hebrews 4, verse 12. He says, let's read together. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. This word is alive. 
It is powerful. The word powerful there in another translation is actually the word active. For the word of God is alive and active. It's powerful. Now that can feel scary. It can. I mean, who wants to open up a book and have a knife slice you through, right? No, oh, but he's a very gentle surgeon. He is. We've been saying we're in a season, right, of pruning, of winnowing, you know, of cutting away the things that, hey, that's not good. And as I re-engaged with the Bible uh, again this summer, as it became more alive and active, you know, I, I felt the Holy Spirit, you know, he, he cut away my own selfishness. He cut away kind of a, a dullness, you know, a, a sleepiness that had come over me. He cut it away. And you know what, what Jesus says he does with those branches or he does with that chaff that he winnows? He throws it on the fire. Folks, that's what needs to go on the fire, not our Bibles, okay? It's those dead branches and the chaff in our own life that is hindering us from loving Jesus and loving others as he so longs for us to do. No, as that Bible is alive, as that sword cuts, you know, it's all about making sure you can see Jesus more clearly and loving him more passionately. And that's what I found myself doing as those things got cut away. And so... I want to invite all of us as we close here today. I want to invite you to give the Bible a chance to come alive again to you. Because it is something that matters the most right now. It really does. And I want Jesus to be alive and active in you, through you. Uh, and I say two things are needed as we get ready to, to talk about a couple options. Number one absolutely invite the Holy Spirit to be your teacher. He will make the word come alive. He will make Jesus more alive. He will the one that will activate you and empower you to obey, to do the stuff, to do what he's called us to do. So you need the Holy Spirit, number one. But secondly, you need a system of sorts. You, you need a way to actually do with, you know, engage with the Bible. And one of the things I'm going to recommend, you don't have to do it, is you could do this as a family or a small group or, you know, alone. Download that chosen app and just watch. Watch the eight different episodes and then pick your Bible back up and read the Gospels where Jesus interacts with all these different people and allow the Holy Spirit to bring him more alive uh, to you so that you can act on what you, what you read and what you encounter. And... You know, I would suggest the Passion Translation, but you can use whatever translation you want. And we actually are going to have all those resources listed on tvcci.info, uh, so you can access that and uh, find out how to get the chosen app, how to, uh, you know, make sure you have the Passion Bible. And let me just remind you again, we have an enemy. He, he's wanting us not to burn Bibles. He just wants us to ignore the Bible right? And just be, you know, give in to the lies that are being spoken. And I mean, we need, this, this matters. It matters that we know the truth, that we do the truth, that we live the truth, because that's where life 
will flourish and be, be healthy. And we have the Holy Spirit who can fill us and teach us and lead us. Can I just say to you parents, what better time now? School system's all messed up. A lot of the kids aren't, you know, returning to the classroom. Read the Bible with your children. We, again, we're going to recommend some resources for you. Read, watch Chosen with your children. Talk about it. Watch their faith come alive. It really matters. It's one of the things that matters the most. We have the Bible and... A big price was paid for us to hold this in our hand. Father, we thank you for that. And we pray that we will just be renewed in our love for your word and treasuring your word and meeting you in the word, allowing you, Holy Spirit, to teach us and lead us and empower us to be a transformed person by the word. Thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We say goodbye to our Sullivan crowd. And before we go on to worship here, I just want to take a couple moments. I just was sensing as I spoke, I, I didn't want to burden you with my burden. <laughs> but I sense there were some here who've not been all that excited about the Bible this summer. And if you would be humble enough to admit that and even, you know, hold out your hand, I believe there's impartation for you that's coming just through my own experience, through what God did in me, that I can release that to you just that you would have a fresh hunger and that in picking up the Bible again, a fresh expectation, and you will, you will discover Jesus afresh. And so in his mighty name right now, I release, I release to those of you who say, yeah, I want a hunger again. I want the Bible to become alive. I want it to be active. I want Jesus to be in and, and, and through me. I bless you with that. I impart that to you. I trust you, Holy Spirit. You, you will do what I can't do. You will do what I can't do. And they will each do what you can't do. They will pick up the Bible. They will give you a chance, Lord, to meet them in the Word. And I thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. After worship, I'm going to come back and just ask the Lord what else he wants to say. Um, parents, don't leave us. I believe there's uh, an impartation uh, in regards to the children. So hang in uh, through worship. I believe God's wanting to release something to fathers and mothers and, and, and grandparents enemy's not going to get our kids and we have an opportunity to show them the Bible is alive and active so let's go ahead and, and worship thanks for listening to the message today to experience more powerful messages 
Go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.